0: Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church, and what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. When you think about parenting, uh a you probably think about it the way that I used to think about it, especially those of you that are, are parenting kids from zero to fifth grade. You're thinking about just getting them through, getting up to middle school, getting them to high school, getting them through college, and then you can sit back and relax, right? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not been our experience, Parenting doesn't just, autumn. you don't just stop parenting because your kids are out of the house. We might have thought that at one point. But as it turns out, we've taken on a role. When, we've, when we give birth to these little humans, it's kind of like for the rest of your life. Sure, it changes. Over time, things change. But man, it is sometimes just as difficult um, sorry to my kids who might be watching online this morning, but sorry, uh, But sometimes it's more difficult to parent adult kids than it was when they were little. I mean, when they were little, you could tell them what to do. <laughs> when they're adults, you can try to do that. But generally speaking, it may not work out all that well. So if you've had kids... Or if you're about to, let this just be a fair warning. Kids will change your life forever. You will never be the same once you have kids. And, and that I mean that in all the best ways possible and all the real ways possible. <laughs> like you're going to lose sleep for a very long time when you have a child. They need you 24-7. They need hands-on, relentless care. And newborns and toddlers, I mean, if, if you think it's a cakewalk with newborns and toddlers, I had a mom tell me a while back, if I could just pee by myself, that would be great. But you know, every time she goes in the bathroom, she closes the door, and pretty soon there's this little hand, mommy, little hand coming up underneath that door, like, give me a break, right? When Brenda and I had, when, when our kids were really little, we had people walk up to us and say, let's just, win. before Cody was two, they would come up to us and say, oh, those terrible twos. And then we got to where they were about to enter middle school and we were told, oh, middle school is hellacious. Like, this is awful. Like, you cannot imagine how difficult middle school is. And then there were the high school horror stories. And Brenda and I just looked at each other after one of those conversations and we're like, um, we can decide if it's going to be that way or not. And we decided that it wouldn't have to be that way. See, we're quick to be naysayers, aren't we? Let me project my experience onto you. Let me tell you how horrible it is so that we can commiserate together. We do that. Misery loves company. Our challenge as parents is to connect with the things that have not worked so well and tell those that are coming after us, hey, I did this. This didn't work so well. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. That means that those of you that are coming after us, it's okay for you to be open to some advice. I know you've all read the books, and you've watched the videos, and you probably have more education than some of the rest of us do when it comes to child rearing. But let me encourage you that experience is sometimes the best antidote to negative parenting. So lean into those people around you and ask them for advice. Give them the opportunity to speak into your life. Well, these are some of the scary stories about parenting that we kind of just, we have a kid, and no one tells us this is what you, like there's no like, there's no script for any children. I don't care how many kids you have. You might have two that are similar, but never are they exactly the same. They always have a mind of their own, thank God, and we're challenged with trying to channel their thinking, trying to help them think rightly about who they are and who they are in this world and how they can best bring themselves into it. Well, we we really can look around, and um, as we thought about this, as I thought about this parenting uh, conversation that we were going to have doesn't take very long for you if you kind of have a perspective about what's going on in your world. What's going on in our culture? What's going on in our society? What are the things that are showing up as problematic? And I think we can very clearly see that we're a confused society. We're a, um, uh, at times, a chaotic society. We are um, a broken, our culture is broken in many aspects. We see divisiveness, we see violence. And we can look at all of that and sometimes I do say, well, that's the way it's been since the beginning of time. Why would this be any different? But I also know, and if you've been around here very long, you know that one of our high, high values is that uh, we need to be healthy people ourselves. When we as individuals align ourselves with Jesus and become who he's called us to be, that means that whenever we bring ourselves into every situation we go into, we bring Jesus, and we bring a healthy version of ourselves. The reverse is true. If we don't pay attention to our own health, our own emotional, spiritual, mental health, then we're not going to bring our best to the people around us. And so when we ourselves are healthy, we create a healthier culture. John Adams, one of our founding fathers, wrote these words. He said, Because we have no government armed with power, capable of contending with human passions, unbridled by morality and religion, he also in another uh, uh, letter wrote, the Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. So if we're going to uh, have unbridled uh, morality and religion, uh, some, of the, some of the results of that are avarice, ambition, revenge, or gallantry. Those things will break the core, strongest cords of our Constitution, he says. In plain English, he says, This means that when public virtue fails, our constitutional government does not possess the power to preserve itself. That means the American experiment depends upon both the government upholding its obligations to preserve liberty and those of us that are citizens upholding our responsibility to exercise that liberty toward virtuous purposes. You guys all know that government can't fix anxiety, can't fix hatred, can't fix despair. And ultimately, if the republic fractures, it is we the people who will be to blame. So not only is it significant and important for us to raise up our children to be virtuous, to bring their best selves into every scenario for, I mean, it is good for you as a family to make that happen, to have that happen, but it is good for our country because where we bring our best, where our kids bring their best, when we bring our, our virtuous selves to situations all around us that are chaotic and messy and broken, we get to be the glue that holds things together. And we do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this, uh, if you're a student in the room this morning, middle school, high school, young adult, not married, and you wonder, well, why should I listen to this this morning? I, I'm just a kid. You're right. Maybe part of my conversation will be good uh, birth control. And part of it would simply be that you're going to be, potentially be a parent someday. And so just store some of this information away. And if you're in middle school and high school, maybe some of the, some of the things we'll talk about in the next four weeks will help you be a kid that will be a little more tolerable to your parents right? So maybe you get an inside peek into what your parents are thinking about and why they're asking you to do the crazy things they're asking you to do. At least you think they're crazy, but they're probably spot on. Our, uh, our goal for these four weeks is not perfection. We're not trying to create perfect families. That'll never happen. What we really want is for all of us to be healthy, and whole and that we are thriving as families and, and, and in our parenting roles and in our roles as children. One of the things that happens when we have this sort of conversation is that it it brings us back to the reality that we are all in need of a savior. You and I were, and our kids are, and ultimately, it will change our approach to parenting to reflect the heart of God toward our kids when we realize they're only human. They're only human, just like you and I. Paul writes these words in Romans 5, verse 12, explaining what happened in the fall, the fall of mankind. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam was only human. Sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. But, here's the kicker, but there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, our first human, his sin brought death to all of us, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. What a gift that is in our humanity. And, you know, you could, I don't know if anyone here has a degree in anthropology or not, but anthropology is the, the study of, of humans, what makes us human. And um, often the way we parent sort of gives a clue to our anthropology, what we believe about are we actually good at the core or are we actually uh, bad at the core. I hate those two kind of extremes, good and bad, when it comes to identifying who we are. But at our core, are we sinners in need of a savior? Are we just simply good people moseying along through life? There I just uh, alluded to what I actually believe, right? Accidental specks of dust or actually created in the image of God. Which one? Accidental specks of dust created out of the dust of the ground with no purpose. Or are we actually created in the image of Almighty God? Other things that help us identify our anthropology, what we believe about humans and how we're made and what we're about. You've heard the term, kids will be kids. You throw up your hands, kids will be kids. Boys will be boys. Those are all true to a certain degree. But it doesn't give us a license to just withdraw and decide, okay, let them go. Let them do what they're going to do because that's just what they're going to do. That is is actually giving up parental responsibility. One of the things that kids will do is they will manipulate. They will manipulate you. I know. Sweet Pea wouldn't do that. But I spent time with uh, Cody and Morgan and their kids this week. Dedicated time with them. And um, they have a three-year-old and they have a three-month-old. And uh, the three-month-old doesn't know how to manipulate, right? He just is. And he gives us a lot of joy. Like, I'm telling you, grandparenting is pretty great. So awesome. The three-year-old, on the other hand, uh, she is my sweet pea, and I love her dearly, but she's pretty smart. Like, she's really, really smart. And not just because she's my granddaughter. She's just really smart. And she knows how to manipulate. It starts young. It starts young. And so when you say, oh, my child would never do that, who are you kidding? Yes, they would. I remember when I was growing up, I watched as some kids that were older than me entered their teen years, and one of the guys got caught smoking and drinking. And his mom, and he was from church, right? So his mom was like, no, oh, my son would never do that. All the evidence pointed to the truth that he did it, but in her mind, her son could do no wrong. And that can get turned on you as parents because that's a form of, kids will use that to, you know I wouldn't do that, Mom. Yeah, I know you wouldn't lie either, right? Manipulation is a real thing. No matter what the age of the child It's why they need Jesus, just like you and I need Jesus. Things are very different. You know, my mom and dad, their their anthropology pointed to, you're bad, and you need to be saved. That was just, there was no questions about that. And so when I was a little kid, uh, I got spanked. And occasionally, it was frequently. And I was also told, and this put the fear of God in me, that if you go to school. Oh, by the way, they spanked during those days in school. And Mr. Souter had a reputation for holding a very big stick. And uh, one time this kid, J.R., uh, rumor had it. I don't know if anybody saw it, but rumor had it that Mr. Souter, he got in trouble in class. And Mr. Souter took him out in the hall with his big stick I mean, it was a big old paddle. In my kid's eye, it looked like a boat oar. It wasn't quite that big. But rumor had it that RJ had to bend over and touch his toes, and Mr. Souter came behind him and swung like he was golfing, and RJ went down the hall skidding on his nose. I, don't, I mean, for us, that was both funny and it scared the hooey out of us. Like, that's a big, that, that's the, the way things were back in the day, in the 70s. That's the way it was. So my parents said, if you ever get spanked at school, you better believe you're going to get twice as bad when you get home. That was enough for me. I never got spanked in school. That was enough. I don't know what you guys do now to threaten your kids for, to good behavior, I'm not so sure that threatening your kids into good behavior is actually a viable solution to kids that are still being formed and kids that are still trying to decide what is right and what is wrong. There are many different methods to accomplish that task. As parents, we want to believe the best in our kids, but the results that we get are not always the results that we're after. Isn't that right? Because our kids are only human. They're only human. In Matthew 7, 17 and 18, Matthew writes these words. He says, a good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Okay, that's reasonable. We know that. We don't, we don't look at a, um, the disgusting fruit of a tree and say, well, I hope a good one turns up pretty soon. No, it's just what it is. It's bad fruit. But in verse 18, he writes, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. Why is that? It's in the root. If you're taking notes this morning, write that down. It's in the root. The root of the tree is where the issue is. So many of us want to get at the things in our kids' lives. We want to bring correction when in fact we have to start at the base level and say, okay, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. We don't, we're not sinners because we sin. We're actually, we sin because we're sinners. It's our core nature, You don't have to teach. My son does not have to teach his little three-year-old to be bad. It's what she does naturally sometimes. She revolts and she rebels, and so did he, and so did I. Our kids naturally know how to misbehave. You don't have to teach them. Now, if You're going to parent appropriately. If you're going to parent so that your kids will thrive, you can do things to help them understand those ways of living, those ways of acting that are inappropriate. Or you can step back and you can just let them go their own way. And we know, based on the way society and culture is, what the end result is of all of that. You have to address the root the root issues, those root issues that um, stem from our basic human nature. So if you think about a murderer, someone that murders, that's bad fruit. But the root issue is from the tree of hate. If someone has issues with pornography or um, adultery. the root issue of that would be the tree of lust. So get at the root issues for your kids because the fact is whatever you can do when they're small, whenever they're young, whatever you can do when they're impressionable to help them understand how to live their lives based on The virtues of right living based on living the way of Jesus. Do it when they're young because they will follow that. Oh, but you say, what if they don't? What if they don't do what I've taught them to do? Well, they do have their own free will too. They do get to make decisions because not every, not every, I don't care how great a parent you are. You are not going to hit a home run every single time. You'll mess up. And sometimes we mess up when we stand back and go, like, I don't know how they turned out the way they did. I don't know how they made all those right choices. I mean, if we're really fortunate, that's what we can say. If you want great results in your parenting, start with great relationship. The terrible twos, the middle school monsters, and the high school horror stories, none of that needs to be true. If you decide that it doesn't need to be true. If you subscribe to that way of thinking, you'll get those kinds of results, most likely. But if you decide early on, I'm gonna lean into this. And I'm going to talk to my kids. I'm going to have relationship with my children. I want them to know that they never have to go anywhere else when they feel lost, when they feel at a place where they are undecided about their future. I want them to know that I am a safe place for them to come. Now we all know, we all know that that uh, we need multiple people speaking into our kids' lives. But it should never be at the cost of my relationship with my children or your relationship with your children. It should be an add-on benefit for them. Here's what I know. Uh, Paul writes these words to the Ephesian church. Um, He writes these words in chapter 2. He says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So that's, that's true for us. Once you were. It's in the past. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world, because he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. It's in the past. It can be in the past. Your way, today is a day where you can transition. You can make a decision today that will affect your kids and their kids for the rest of time. The trajectory of your family for generations to come can be affected by the decisions you make today. I think it's time for many people in America to have a fresh perspective on what it means to parent. Because you also have the helicopter parents, right? You have the helicopter parents that never want to make, they want to make sure that their kids never experience anything that would possibly hurt them. Not realizing that in the process, you're hurting your kids. You're not giving them experiences that will actually form them and shape them and help them to be resilient when the hard things come. Helicopter parenting is a real thing. And sometimes... Parents don't ever stop that. They've never learned, and and this this is the thing. If you're a helicopter parent, then you also need to think about your own health. How am I thinking? What are the things that I haven't worked out in my own life? Why do I insist on hovering over my kids? Those are real issues in the real world that we deal with. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands on this one, but I suspect that in this room, there are plenty of you that could say that you have pain related to your parents' parenting style. Sometimes those experiences inform how we parent our own kids, and sometimes those, those uh, things haunt us throughout life. And so I don't know if that is a thing for you this morning. But if it is, if you want to raise your kids in a really great, healthy atmosphere, then I'm just imploring you today to get healthy yourself. Think about the things that you're doing with your kids, to your kids, how you're speaking to them, how you're raising them, and make the necessary adjustments in your life, get help, talk to someone, and above all, extend forgiveness to the parents that didn't get it right. Because I promise you, if you are sitting in judgment on the way that you were raised, and you haven't released your parents, if you haven't forgiven them, this will hamper you. This will will hold you back from thriving in your own parenting of your kids. And if you don't have kids yet, well, get started now. Start now. Start thinking about the ways that you hope to raise your kids, and, or the things you hope to do with your kids, and the things that you don't ever want to do. You don't want to repeat what your parents did. Think about those things, process those things, and release them, surrender those things to Jesus. Parenting and other scary stories. That's what we're looking at over the course of these next couple weeks. And um, uh, in case you didn't know, kids don't come with a money back guarantee. They just don't. And you can't have them and then give them away or give them back. They're there and they're, they're yours forever. And on average, um, you're going to spend about $230,000 on them between the ages of zero to 17. So if you've got more than one, buckle up. They're not cheap. The writer of Proverbs writes these words in Proverbs 22.6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, He will not depart from it. That sounds like a guarantee to me. So, what do we do? What do we do when what we're doing as parents doesn't seem to be working? What do we do? We do what I'm about to do we pray and we lean into deep understanding of our kids. They are not robots. They are actually people, little humans. They're only human. And they have a mind of their own. And so our responsibility as parents is to come alongside them, see the good in them, figure out which way they're most likely to go, find out what their talents, what their gifts are, help not control but to encourage, come alongside them, see the best in them and ch- help them chart a course that will bring great value, not just to your family, but to your church, to your community, everywhere they go. Because I can assure you, there are some teachers and, and administrators in the room this morning that will tell you that the last number of years, children, that the, it's not just adults having issues with anxiety and depression, but it is also little kids So speak into the lives of your children. Encourage them. There's so much negativity already coming at them. So whatever you can do to encourage, to love, and help them be their very best, that's what we hope for your children. So those of you in the room this morning that are parents, Uh, We're about to sing the song, The Blessing. I think it's an appropriate way to end this this service. But before we do that, uh, if you would just, uh, if your parents, grandparents, just lift your hands out in front of you like this. And let me just pray over us this morning. God, I know in the house this morning and all of those online as well, We all have situations in our lives. We have people we're responsible for, from little babies all the way up to adults. Responsibilities shift with time, but God, you know that our hearts are inclined towards our children. And so I speak blessing over every parent, grandparents in the room this morning. God, you know all the places where we feel like we have have exhausted all options. You know all the places where we feel deficient, where we feel unqualified, where we simply don't know which way to turn. So we just release those areas to you even now where we feel like a failure. The mom that yelled at her kids this morning just before stepping into the building or just before sitting down to watch this service online. God, we release that to you. For the dad who was impatient with his child this morning, we release that to you. Father, forgive us where we failed. Strengthen us in those places where we feel weak. And God, I pray an anointing over every single mom, dad, grandparent in the room this morning. Let it be a beautiful weight that sort of rests on us, not a negative thing, but a really beautiful thing this morning. Let the children of Restore be known as children that have a strong sense about themselves and the strong sense about the value they have in your eyes, Jesus. thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.